Let's look in Psalm 100, not 100, Psalm 27. Psalm 27. Trivia question. Y'all ready? Ready? Who said, a man who's never afraid is a fool? No. Come on, take a guess. A man who's never afraid is a fool. Huh? No. No. I didn't hear you. Eisenhower. No. No. Who? Right. Matt Dillon did. You said he did. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did. He did say it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Matt Dillon said it. He did? Yeah. <laughs> you don't win any money. That's just it. <laughs> One of the episodes of, of Gunsmoke, Matt Dillon had... Opie, Ronnie Howard, and they were going through the desert and uh, the whole story, but they were behind a rock and getting shot at, of course, and uh, Opie looked at <clears throat> Marshall Dillon and he said, Marshall, you ever been afraid? And the Marshall replied, a man who's never afraid is a fool. Okay. Now, has there ever been a time when you were afraid? Yes or no? How'd you get over it? Y'all think I can hear, don't you? Yeah, that's that's a good verse. Uh -huh. But do we do we let it work? All right. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this: How many of you have? How many of you have fears? Mm -hmm. Fear, fear, mm -hmm. fears. Mm -hmm. I read a little deal not long ago. Uh, this is this comes from Psychology Magazine. A uh, thousand people responded to what they feared the most. So let's see if this fits any of you. The answers they gave in order their frequency was, number one, death of a loved one. Is that a fear? Death of a loved one. Second, serious personal illness. Is that a fear? Fear that this illness can set in, we don't ever know. And could cause whatever. Thirdly, 
financial worries. Fear? Yeah, a lot of them, yeah, uh, fear. This next one, nuclear war. Does that make you afraid? You know what the best thing about living in the panhandle is? That if we ever get into a nuclear war, the first place they're going to hit is Pantex. And the fallout is going to be enough, it's going to get all of us, and to glory we go. So, nuclear war. Being a crime victim. You ever, you ever even thought about being a crime victim? Maybe some of you have been a crime victim. I don't know. You ever been a victim of a crime? Yet, yet it's, it's a fear of some people. And then this one, spiders. Oh, Debbie, she's up before I got it. Yeah, <laughs> Spiders. Sharon said, yeah, I'm not afraid. I'm afraid of spiders. Anybody else afraid of spiders? Spiders. Spiders. How many of you are afraid of mice? <laughs> they can't hurt you. You know, my first semester of college, I had to live with Kelly and Jimmy. And we lived in a house, or Kelly and Jimmy lived in a house out in the middle of a pasture. And they had mice all over that house. And mine and Kelly's entertainment at night was we could sit down on the floor by his bed. And we had a clear shot, this wall right here. And each of us had about three tennis balls. And then mice come out, and we'd throw the balls at the tennis, uh, tennis balls at the mice. See how many we could kill and knock out. They were fun. You didn't have to be afraid of them. It's just like a shooting gallery. They'd run up and down that wall, and we'd throw tennis balls at them. Spiders, mice. How about snakes? Fear? If you, if you can see them, do they still make you afraid? Still. Don't want to try to catch them or nothing. Okay. Loss of a job. Maybe that used to scare some of you, but not anymore. Natural disaster. Tornadoes. Fear. We've chased a lot of tornadoes up in this country, haven't we? A lot of tornadoes. Uh, the dark. Anybody afraid of the dark? Anybody want to admit it? Afraid of the dark? And you have, you have to ask yourself with that, what are we afraid of? And what we're afraid of is what we can't see. And that's, that's what the dark is all about. We can't see it. Loneliness. Fear. Ever been afraid you might be alone? Loneliness set in. Being unloved. Yeah, I can't imagine that. Can you? I can't. But I know it happens to, to a lot of people. You know, and you, and you stop for a minute and you thank God that uh, I grew up in a home where I knew I was loved. And 
I didn't have to, I didn't have to question that day in and day out. And then I entered into a home where we loved each other. So that, that's never been a thought in my mind of being unloved. But the sad part is there are a lot of people out there that are experiencing that. There, there's no love. They don't have anything that they can lean on, that they can depend on. And I'm sure if we went around and began to talk to different ones and to all of you, that we could always find other things that we could add to this. Because every one of us, uh, during our lifetime, we experience fear. We experience fears. And those fears can wreak havoc to our spiritual life, as well as our physical life. Fears can control people. Fears can make people do things that, that they normally wouldn't do. And sometimes, even though there is fear, you still have to move forward and do certain things that you have to do. So you step forward. But all of us, at one time or another, have been afraid. <clears throat> and it's not over with yet. Everybody has those points where we are afraid. We're afraid of losing a friendship we're afraid of a spouse we we mentioned a moment ago we're afraid of of another loved one and and these things they happen to us over and over and over again so what do we do with all of these things that cause us this thing called fear <coughs> psalm 27 is is a passage where david has been fighting and David has uh, faced the enemies and fear has risen inside of him. And then he comes and he uh, writes uh, these words in Psalms 27. And it's a great psalm. You know, we, we could spend time in Psalms 23 and, and talk about what God does for us. Uh, you know, he makes us lie down in green pasture, leads us beside still waters, restores our soul leads us in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. All of those things we can look at and say, those are things that help us overcome fears, overcome being afraid. And here, David hits it head on, and he begins to examine these things. Now, this isn't a, this isn't a long psalm, so I want you to read it with me. And let, let's just listen to David uh, as he speaks and see how much of this speaks to us. And we'll look at some things that will help us with the fears of our life. Verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Big question mark there. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemy and my foe, came up upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear Though war should rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble, He shall hide me in His pavilion. Now I want you to take note of that. We'll come back to it here in just a minute. In the time of trouble... 
Every one of us, we may not call it a fear, we may not call it being afraid, but every one of us deal with times of trouble. And look what happens. He will hide us in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above my enemies around about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou said, Seek you my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Now the last four verses. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of my enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of my enemy, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty." I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Find any lessons there? When David addresses this, and and all of us recognize David as this great warrior, a warrior that took men and he would go and and he was a stealth fighter and he could move in you know how the times he snuck up on Saul uh, and uh, cut off part of his robe and and did some things uh, that made Saul afraid of David but yet David would go forth and he would fight the battles and and you hear him cry out time and time again because of the battles that he's fighting and and this is what's happened to him here And and then he says in verse 1, Whom shall I fear? Now the enemy, he talks about the enemy coming against him, the enemy that overcomes him. Now when when he says that, he talks about chariots, he talks about horses, he talks about hand-to-hand combat, he talks about uh, the fighting where you, you come around and you come in on this side and this side, you have all this strategy. Whom shall I fear? And David said there's, re- there's really no reason for fear as long as you and I recognize the Lord. Okay. Will fear come? Yes, it's going to come. Will we be afraid? Yeah, there's going to be times that we're going to be afraid. I just don't know. Every one of us have, have faced uh, certain fears that, you know, maybe to others. It wouldn't seem like anything. You go, you go to school for the first time and, and you're afraid if you don't know people that are there. You, you take on a job and you wonder, am I going to do this right? Are, people, are we going to be friends and, and so on and so on? And every one of us have done that. We've all taken a job and, and we wonder who's going to be our friend, who's not going to be our friend. Will we do, we'll be able to accomplish the job and all of these other things. 
all of these things are temporal and all of these things are fleshly, but they are all things that can cause a fear to rise inside of us. If you let that fear linger long enough, it will destroy you. Your mind, your heart. That's why that David left this for us. He left it here so that you and I would not have to allow this fear to take charge of our life. Will we be afraid? Yes. But does the fear have to control us? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Now let's think for a minute. When you and I think about uh, turning everything over to God, let's say. And we realize that fear comes, and, and the question is asked, whom shall I fear? The thing that helps us to overcome this, and, and I want you to keep this in your mind, is that every one of us must have a personal relationship that brings us a personal faith in God. Look at verse 1. Look at the personal pronouns there. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Me. David said, me. So let's look at this. When we, when we say something about being afraid or fearing, we point to others and try to take that that away from us and as long as we can point out someone else but when David answered that he said he's mine and what we have to have is an understanding do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ do you know that God is your father if he is your father he is going to protect you do you know that he has provided power for all of us but his power only comes through our weaknesses. If you'd have been there Wednesday night, you'd have heard me teach on that. Weaknesses is where God's power comes. But when we receive God's power, it doesn't mean that we become powerful. All it means is, is that God has provided the power that we need to meet a need. If we are afraid... He empowers us to meet that need. But then from that, you and I, we face these uncertainties. And in doing so, we have to cry out to God again, I can't do this. So, do you have a personal relationship with God? Yes, no. Yes. Do you have a personal faith in that relationship that you have with God? Yes, no. Yes. Okay, here we go. Is God, in all of your situations in life, is God first? It's either this or this. And notice what I said. Is He always first you know what the answer is no 
Troubles come. Trials come. Fears come. And the first thing we do is say, I wonder how I can do this. Let me figure this out. Let me think how I can do this. When our first thing ought to be, oh dear God, I have no earthly idea what to do with this. You see, if fear is going to be eradicated from us and and taken away from us, the only thing that we can do is to put God first in our life. And you began with true faith in who He is. Because when fears come, they will flourish. When God is first in our relationship with Him, our faith will flourish. And we trust Him and we believe Him. The Lord is, first of all, what? My what? Light. He is my light. How are we going to overcome the fear unless we know the way from that fear? We won't. How do we know the way from that fear? God provides the light. Okay? Now let's take it a step further, and you get on into Psalms 119, 105. You know what that verse is? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So where does this power come from? Where does this this, uh, path that we need, where does it come from? From the word of God. And God has told us what He would do. God has told us everything that we need, even in, in, the, in the face of fear and being afraid. God said, here's what you can do. Here's the place that you can go. And here is where you need to follow. He is my light. He's always going to provide the light for us. Because He is the light. Then we see Jesus, who is the light of the world. We see the light that God has brought to us. And we are one day going to uh, be in the presence of that Shekinah glory of God. But you see, folks, when we see that, there is no more fear. We won't have to be afraid ever, ever, ever again. Because the fear will be gone. And God is the one that lights our path. And as we praise Him in who He is and what He does and what He's given to us, we praise Him because He is the one who who brings to us that, that path that we can follow. Next He says, not only is He the God who dispels the darkness, we'll say, the Lord is my light. And then He says, the Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my salvation. Folks, when you think about your relationship with God, it should begin with, this is when I knew Jesus was my Savior. And from that, I entered into a relationship with Him. And that relationship that that I have with God comes from the fact that He has saved me. I am in the midst of being transformed into the presence of God. And one day, this all of this body and who I am is going to be changed, it's going to be metamorphosized and it's going to turn over and I'm going to be totally different because I'm going to have a new body and all the sin and all the things have been taken away from me. But until that time comes, we deal with this stuff over and over and over again. But God is still there with us and the salvation that He brings to us is knowing that I'm His. 
So whom shall I be afraid? Now, it doesn't mean that we can go and bully people just because we know God and ask them, you know God? No, I do, and he's not going to let anything happen to me. He never said that. There's a lot of times we get ourselves in a mess when we shouldn't have to. Because the Lord is our light to dispel the darkness, to, to uh, light the path for us, the place where we can go. He's my salvation that gives me joy, that brings to me the, the understanding of the knowledge that I need to overcome this fear. But then the next thing it says, the Lord is the strength of my life. In other words, God will rescue us, rescue us, bring us out of whatever it is that, that we're dealing with. He will bring us away from that, and He will keep that fear from overcoming us. He will rescue us and, and set us on, on uh, this pedestal that God has for us. Fear doesn't have to overwhelm us. Fear comes from that personal relationship with God. Fear comes from the fact that God is first in our life. Fear, or God overcomes it, and that fear that we have is overwhelmed by God. Now, verse 2, when the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Now, they weren't cannibals after David. They were, they were wanting to take his life. They were want, wanting to destroy him, his army, his kingdom, everything there was about it. Saul was out to destroy David and take all of that kingdom away from him because he knew that God had given that to him. And so David said, when my enemies and my foes rise up against me to take my life, to take everything away, they stumbled and fell. What's one of the greatest things that you and I have to help overcome fear in our life? It's a little thing called past experiences. Past experiences. Hasn't God already done something for you to deliver you from fear? And enemies and, and those that come against you? Hasn't he already done that? Yes. If he did it once, can he do it again? Amen. And again? Amen. And some of you might even say, he does it for me every day. I just wake up and get myself in a mess. And over and over again, this happens. And that happens to us as well. Remember what God has done for you. Think back. On those times when you've gained that victory, whether it's a fear or, or anything else that, that you're uh, facing today, think back on what God has done and, and what God has given to you. Think back of how God delivered you and set you free. I've asked this question before. Uh, when you and I were growing up or when we were early on in, in our lives, uh, but let's remind ourselves, how many of you here right now will say, as I, as I grew and got older and started doing things on my own or whatever, how many of you should be dead right now? Mm -hmm. all right. Amen. Mm -hmm. Me too. Mm -hmm. Me too. We faced all of those things, haven't we? Mm -hmm. 
But I remember what God's done. God delivered me. And when we, when we come through these things, and some of them we might not have thought much of at the time, and all of a sudden it dawned on us what's happened. And we bring those things up. And then when something else begins to happen, and we say, I just don't know what I'm going to do, remember, God's already done that for us. Remember the things that, that God has done within our life and how God has brought us through and how God has delivered us. And in that delivery, all of those things continue to stand. Remember what God does for you every day. So if he does it then, can he do it now? He can, can he? So he is my God, my light, my salvation, my strength. He has delivered me before. He can deliver me again. Whom shall I be afraid? Those are the things that, that David focuses our attention on. Of whom shall I be afraid? Remember what, what God has done. Now, one of the other things that we need to point out in verse, verse 3. David says, though a host should encamp against me, this, this great army, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, I will be confident. Now that sounds strange, doesn't it? We go back to the time of Elisha, and Elisha ran a little a seminary in Dothan. And all of these students came to Elisha. It wasn't, it wasn't a whole lot, but there were students there that Elisha was teaching. And the king of the Assyrians was mad because he was planning a war against uh, the Israelites, and uh, Elisha kept telling the king what he was going to do. Well, he got mad, and, and they told him, Elisha's doing this. He said, you go get him. Well, Elisha was in his, his place there in Dothan, and one of the students got up early one morning, and he looked out, and encircling the camp, encircling Dothan, was the army of the Assyrians. And he ran in, and he woke Elisha up. And he said, we're all going to die the army is here. They're going to attack. There's nothing that we can do. They have us surrounded, and they'll be riding in, and, and they'll kill every one of us and, and anybody else that gets in the way. And Elisha got up, and he stood up, and he looked out, and he saw. And then he looked at that young man, and he said, I tell you what, let's pray. And that little old kid hit his knees, and he said, you bet you, let's pray. And he pulled on Elisha, and he said, pray down fire from heaven. Pray down something, the earth to open, or whatever it might be, and get rid of this army. Come on, let's pray. And so Elisha knelt down, and here's his prayer. Lord, open his eyes that he might see. Amen. And Elisha got up, and that kid said, we're not through. And he kept pulling on him. He stood up. There was the Assyrian army all around them. And right up above them was the army of God. He couldn't see it because fear had overtaken him. But Elisha saw it. And here is the army of God surrounding the Assyrian army. Open his eyes. There are times, folks, that we don't look 
and see the glory of God that surrounds us. And when we're overtaken by these fears and being afraid, all of a sudden we don't, we're not looking to see how God has encircled us and how God has everything that we need present with us. The enemy has come against me. I'm not going to be afraid. I have confidence in the fact that my God is going to see me through. And if he doesn't, he's going to bring me home. We've got to put our faith in him, our trust in him. In these things, I will be confident. And it all comes from one thing. Look at verse 4. All this comes from one thing. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord. Folks, if we're going to establish a fearless faith in our lives, we've got to have a single desire. And that desire is to dwell in the house of the Lord. Now, Paul says that you and I are the temple of God. Remember that? So shouldn't it be for us to keep this temple clean? Shouldn't it be for us to make sure that this temple has everything that's, that's devoted to God in it? Shouldn't that be who we are and what we're doing? My desire is to worship God, is what he's saying. My desire, it's not in a building. My desire is to worship Him, dwelling in the house of, of the Lord all the days of my life, and to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His temple. To learn and to, and to reach out and to embrace those who share the very same fears and thoughts and, and, and adversities that you and I share. This is why we ask people to come together. This is why God tells us, let's not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Folks, we need each other. You know that? We need each other. We need to be able to feed off of each other and to learn from each other. We need to be able to hear that, that God has done this and God can do that for me. But basically what, Paul, what David is saying here is this. I need to commune with God on a daily basis. Now, don't you raise your hand. I don't want you to do that. But I want to ask you a question. How many of you, you ready? How many of you pray every day? And how many of you spend time just with the Lord? I'm not, I'm not talking about mouthing a prayer with the Lord. How many, how many of you do that? Now, here's what I want to know. How many of you believe what you're asking Him? You really believe it? Do you really? When somebody says, and, and, and we always talk about this, we just turn it over to God. Do we really? Do we really let go of that? Do we really just release it and say, Lord, that's yours? There's two words in the Christian vocabulary that can help you build a strong relationship with God that will defeat Satan every time. You want to know what those two words are? Thank you. 
Thank you. Because every time Satan challenges your mind, challenges your heart, you stop and you say, thank you, God. That's not mine. That's yours. There it is. Thank you. I know what you can do for me. And I just want to be with you. I want to be in your presence. And I, I want to know you. And I, I want to know that, uh, that as you lead and you guide me, I don't have to worry about these things. I don't have to be afraid. Because I want to know you. I want to commune with you and talk with you in your temple. And verse 5 says, For in the time of trouble, he will hide me. He will hide me. In his pavilion, that word means the tent, the tent. In the secret of his tabernacle, he will hide me. He'll set me upon a rock. You see, that's what God wants to do for us. He wants to hide us in his bosom. He wants to hide us away from those things that are, that are drawing us and destroying us. He wants to hide us. He wants to hold on to us. He wants to cover us. He sends his angels to protect us, doesn't he? He sends his angels to take care of us. Because he loves us and he wants us to know that it is him. He said, I will hide him in the secret of the tabernacle. I'll be hidden. There's no fear there. Because we're in the presence of God. But then look at the last one. He set me upon a rock. When I was a little kid, I used to have to go to Primitive Baptist Church in Wellington. And the only reason I went was because mom and daddy, we didn't go to church when I was growing up. And my granddad was a preacher, mother's daddy. And when he came on an afternoon sometime to our house in Shamrock, he lived in Childress. When he came and we were outside praying and mother said, you kids stay out here. Pappy was fitting to get them and he did. He'd eat them out for not being in church. And then the next Sunday that he was in Wellington, we had to go to church, which was fine because they fed us and Kelly and I were always the first in line. We didn't pay attention to anything else, but we were in line. But they always sang a song. I never had heard any of those songs before, but they sang this song, The Rock That Is Higher Than I. And it starts out, oh, sometimes the shadows are deep. That song, for whatever reason, stuck in my mind. And I still remember hearing them sing, The Rock That Is Higher Than I. Didn't know what it meant, really didn't care at that particular time. But it's a scripture that God lifts us up, that he hides us in this rock that is higher than we are. Now, basically, what that says to us is this. What God wants to do for us in that verse, he wants to hide us, but he sets us up on a rock. And that rock that he puts us on separates us from the enemies, the fear, the struggles, and all that we face. God puts us here on that rock that can never be destroyed because that rock is none other than your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We're here. Our fears are here. Whom shall I be afraid? He sets me up. He puts me here. 
That way I'm not, I'm not faced with all of these dangers and the things that come against us. Now let me, let me bring these things in right quick. It's down at the bottom, verse 11 through 14. How can we do this? Verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord. Teach me. How can we learn if we don't read the textbook? How can we know if we don't read the textbook? Everything that you and I need to know, folks, is in that Bible that you're holding in your hand. Everything that you need. Teach me, Lord. Okay. Here's my word. This is what I want you to do. So we read this and and we begin to understand it and we bring it to our hearts and we hold it in faith. Then we have to trust him and believe him. He's beginning to teach us. As we go forward, these things happen. We don't worry. We hand that over to God. We keep moving. And there are so many of you sitting out there right now. They're saying, preacher, that's easier said than done. I understand that. But if you're willing to learn, God will teach you how to do that. And that's what he says. If I'm going to do that, teach me, Lord, and lead me in a plain path. Now, when I read that, you know what I thought of? Lead me in a plain path. And I thought, I didn't know God wrote about me in the Scripture because he said, you're too ignorant to do this on your own. I'll make the path plain for you. And he puts us on a plain path. That's all we got. That's all we need. So if, we, if he teaches us, he puts us on this plain path. The enemies are there. The next thing, deliver me. Okay, we're crying out, deliver me, O God, not over unto the will of my enemies, for false witnesses rise against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. We've all faced that, hadn't we? Deliver me. The first three words in the King James is, I had fainted, which are in italics, which means they're not there in the original Hebrew. It says, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, I believe it. I've seen what God can do. So, wait on the Lord. Wait. Why isn't this over with? Not time yet. Why am I still facing this? Because it's not time. God moves on His time, not your time. God moves in His will. But everything that God does, He does for His glory first. And for your good. But he's going to get the glory. Not me. So wait on him. Why is this going? I don't know. I don't know. People ask me things like that all the time. Why is this? I don't know. Because I'm not God. But I do know this. God's got it all under control. And he's already got it figured out. He already knows it. He's already got everything taken care of. All we've got to do is get from here to here. So, we follow him. And when you get here, we need to learn to say those words. Thank you. Thank you. Wait on him. And as God begins to work, our fears will be relieved. The fears will be taken away. But don't forget this. God will use that fear to draw us to Him. 
He will use fear that we have to come this way to him, not away from him. And the good thing about when we run to the arms of the Father, he embraces us. Get this picture in your mind. Remember when Jesus was ministering and the children came to him? And Peter told the to parents to get the children away, get the children away, and Jesus made him stop it. And he said, you let those children come to me. Can you picture him? Can you see him? I think he had a great big smile on his face. And I think he got down on the ground. And there was one come and jumped on his back. And there was one in this arm and one in this arm. And another come jumped on him. And he kind of fell over and he got back up. And here's here's this child. And they're just laughing and carrying on and having fun. And Jesus is right there in the middle of them. You know why children do that? Because they trust. And they recognize those they can trust. But they give everything that they've got with their faith. That's why Jesus said, unless you become as little children, you won't see the kingdom of God. Little children believe. They trust you. If you tell them, you need to do this to be saved, they say, okay, let me do that. Where an adult will argue with you about all the specifics. Have the faith of a child. Let them come to me. And that's what he says about you, children. Come to me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Come to him. Let him have the fear. Let him take away all those things that make us afraid. And let's give him praise and glory. Because he's our God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, we thank you for speaking that word tonight. And ask, Lord, that you bless that to your glory. Father, I've, I've been through everything I've been talking about, Lord. And I still go through it. And Father, I thank you that, Lord, no matter what, you're there. And so, Lord, I pray that you would stir all of our hearts tonight. And Father, those things that prevent us from being everything we need to be. Lord, we just want to lay them at your feet. But Lord, not just do it in word. But, Lord, we just want to give it to you. It's yours. And we thank you. Thank you for victory. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for knowing us. You know my name. Thank you, oh God. Lord, as the enemies rise, Father, we come to you. Whom shall I be afraid? I don't have to be afraid in your presence, and we praise you for that. So, Lord, may you guide this, these uh, dear families through this week. May you use them for your glory. Give them wisdom. Give them understanding. And, Lord, the things that we just can't understand, Father, I pray that you just give us a pat on the back and say, trust me and wait. And so, Lord, that's what we're going to do. Father, we thank you for these words and ask that you bless them to our hearts now. Keep us in your care. Use us this week to bring honor and glory to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank y'all. Good night.